Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. Due for release in 2007, Sicko is the new cinematic polemic by director and author Michael Moore. In his own words, Sicko is a comedy about the 45 million people with no health care in the richest country on earth. Cato's director of health policy studies, Michael Cannon, is not amused. So Michael Moore is doing another movie. Michael Moore makes movies? I actually haven't seen a Michael Moore movie yet, but I'm going to have to see his next one apparently because it's called Sicko and he's been billing it as an indictment of the U.S. healthcare system. So it should be interesting to see what he comes up with. I heard him say that 45 million Americans get no health care. Well, that was reported in uh, Variety.com this week, and it doesn't bode well for the accuracy of the information he's going to be conveying in the film, because what he probably means is that the 45 million Americans uh, who don't have health insurance don't get health care. And there's a couple problems with that. First of all, the idea that there are 45 million Americans without health insurance, it's a little misleading because... The 45 million Americans who don't have health insurance today are not the same 45 million Americans who won't have health insurance tomorrow because people lose health insurance and they regain health insurance when they change jobs and that sort of thing. But also, uh, the federal government has said that the survey that comes up with that number overstates the number of Americans without health insurance. So it's actually closer to 30, maybe 20 million. But what's really silly about that number or about Moore's claim is that he said that all those people without health insurance don't get any health care. And people have actually looked into this. There was a study a few years ago that found that the uninsured get about $35 billion in health care every year. Now, you can think that $35 billion is too much or you can think that it's not enough. But if you think that $35 billion equals zero, well, then you're probably Michael Moore. Whether you like the guy or not, 45 million uninsured Americans is an embarrassing figure. A lot of people have a problem with the fact that there are so many millions of Americans who can't afford health insurance, and I'm one of them. But I think there are enough problems with the U.S. health care system that we don't have to go making up claims like uninsured Americans don't get any health care. One of the reasons that so many people cannot afford health insurance is because those people who do have health insurance are overinsured. People in Medicare, people with uh, employer-sponsored health insurance end up with more coverage than they would purchase if they were spending their own money, and they end up spending a lot more health care than they would if they were spending their own money. That makes health care more expensive for everyone. A lot of that plus a lot of other types of government regulation drive a lot of people out of the health insurance market because it just prices them out of the out of the market. So it is an embarrassment that we have people who should be able to buy health insurance but who cannot because the government has messed up the markets for health care and health insurance in this country. How do we compare to other nations such as Canada, Germany, or France? Well, other industrialized nations tend to have government-run healthcare systems where everyone presumably has coverage. They don't have an uninsured problem the way that we do in the U.S. They have a different problem, which is that the government gives everyone health coverage, but that doesn't always mean that they can obtain the health care that they need. In Canada, there was uh, an opinion handed down by the Supreme Court last year in June of 2005 that recognized that there are waiting times for treatment in the Canadian Medicare system, that those waiting times can injure patients while they're waiting for care, and that sometimes patients even die while they're waiting for care. 
So it doesn't really mean much to say that we have 100% coverage if you can drop dead while you're waiting for an operation in Canada or in Britain or in other industrialized nations. So it's not a case that the U.S. healthcare system is good and other healthcare systems are bad. It's more like the U.S. healthcare system is bad and other healthcare systems are worse. And if we're going to improve the U.S. healthcare system, we should probably be going in the opposite direction that those countries have gone. He's reportedly received 19,000 letters from people complaining about the U.S. healthcare system. Well, I don't doubt that most of those complaints are going to be valid. The U.S. healthcare system is not as responsive to patients as it should be because patients are not the ones who are controlling the money. So individual doctors, individual hospitals don't have to try as hard to make patients healthy or keep them happy as if the patients were controlling the money. Patients don't have as much access to price information or quality information as they would if they were the ones controlling the money. So I think that if he only got 19,000 letters, well, then that's a pretty good sign, actually. I would expect him to get a litany of these letters because patients have had so much control taken away from them by government. Are you saying that Michael Moore's movie will have no basis in truth? I don't know that we can say that because he's been hyping it as a stinging indictment of the U.S. healthcare system and how it's bloated and how it's inefficient and how healthcare providers like pharmaceutical companies and doctors rip people off. And, you know, I look forward to agreeing with him to some extent. Certainly it is bloated and inefficient and pharmaceutical companies and doctors and hospitals do end up ripping off taxpayers to a significant degree. But I fear that he's going to recommend that we take this very inefficient and bloated sector of our economy and turn it over to the most inefficient and most bloated sector of our economy that rips off taxpayers more than any other, and that's the government sector. But I'm hoping for a surprise ending. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.